Today in Business from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy to use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60 day trial at shipstation.com slash tech news. That's shipstation.com slash tech news. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Here's today's spoken edition of Wired. Huawei's latest earnings mask its trouble outside China. By Kyle Mullen. Presented by Bose. Bose frames look like regular sunglasses, but tiny speakers hidden in the temples create an immersive experience unlike any other. Go to Bose.com to find out more. Amid ongoing tension with the U.S. government, Huawei put a good face on its half-year earnings report last week. The Chinese telecom giant touted a 23% increase in year-over-year revenue for the first six months of 2019, a contrast from the recent woes including the arrest of CFO Meng Wanzhou in Canada last December, and President Trump, barring most sales by U.S. companies to the country in May. Underpinning the tension are accusations that the company spies on users and clients for the Chinese government, a charge that Huawei has repeatedly denied. Behind the headline revenue number, though, the financial results suggest that Huawei's smartphone business in particular is suffering from U.S. hostility. American makers of chips and software curtailed sales to the Chinese company after Trump announced the sanctions in May, though the administration last month said it would allow sales to resume in cases when there is no threat to national security. Huawei is not publicly traded and doesn't release detailed financials, but some analysts said the limited information available suggests Huawei's global smartphone shipments didn't grow at all in the second quarter, compared with the first, as reported by TechCrunch. And that figure masked a decline in Huawei's sales outside China. Market researcher IDC said Thursday that Huawei set a quarterly sales record inside China in the second quarter, with 36.4 million phones, accounting for 62% of its global sales. Huawei doesn't sell many phones in the U.S., but analysts suggested that consumers in Europe and Asia may have shied away from the brand amid the U.S. dispute. Huawei remains the second largest seller of smartphones in the world after Samsung, IDC said. 
The second quarter slowdown in international sales was to be expected, because if the most powerful country in the world declares war on you, your company is going to be affected, said Elliot Zagman, a China tech watcher who recently visited Huawei's Shenzhen headquarters in an interview. Indeed, Huawei CEO Rung Zhengfei said in June that the U.S. sanctions would reduce Huawei's sales by $30 billion over two years. On Twitter, Zagman called lagging international handset sales the most important takeaway from Huawei's results. Joe Kelly, VP of International Media Affairs at Huawei, agreed that Huawei's handset sales outside China declined after the U.S. imposed sanctions in May. But he said these stronger China sales helped Huawei's global smartphone sales rise against a declining market. IDC estimated that global smartphone shipments fell 2.3% in the second quarter, compared with a year earlier. Huawei is not just a smartphone company, Kelly said. We have a carrier business, and our 5G field has exceeded our expectations. Kelly said Huawei secured 50 commercial 5G contracts and shipped over 150,000 base stations. The consumer business is maybe threatened more, but the carrier business continues to perform strongly during the first half of this year, Kelly said. Huawei could continue to enjoy robust domestic growth, Zagman said, because the country and the party are rallying around them. But he said sales outside China are crucial both to the company and the Trump administration. That's what the U.S. government is more worried about. It's what's going to determine Huawei's global reach and impact. Huawei's international sales might rebound if the U.S. allows key suppliers, such as Broadcom and Google, maker of the Android operating system used on Huawei phones, to resume shipments under special licenses. Adam Siegel, director of the Digital and Cyberspace Policy Program at the Council on Foreign Relations, believes those licenses will be granted. However, he doesn't think it will reverse all the damage done by the dispute. Huawei will still have the threat hanging over them. They have seen the writing on the wall. Siegel said the U.S. sales ban, even if it proves temporary, will accelerate Huawei's efforts to develop its own technology, including chips and an operating system. The U.S. has weaponized their dependence on American tech, in chips, OS, and other areas, he said. So Huawei will work to eliminate it so they are not vulnerable in the future. Siegel said it remains uncertain whether Huawei will launch its own operating system. If it does, it may struggle to gain traction because apps and software developers already exist around Apple and Android, and that could be hard for Huawei to reproduce. That sentiment was echoed by Paul Trillio, a technology analyst at risk consultancy Eurasia Group. Chinese users are very sophisticated and require a high level of functionality at the cutting edge. They are not going to settle for something that is just good enough, even though it is from a Chinese vendor, Trulio said. He estimates it will take Huawei at least a year to create a mobile operating system, and then it will need to recruit developers to create apps. Despite such potential challenges, Jeffrey Towson, a business professor at Peking University, believes Chinese tech companies, including Huawei, are 100% committed to no longer being dependent on the U.S. for core technology. And as China has the world's largest smartphone and e-commerce businesses and market, why should they use American operating systems? Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more – 
and they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.